We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, let's get into our super chats, guys. We we definitely had some, so I want to get to those here real quick. From Kevin Fetters, kicking it off right. Woo! Kevin, thank you very much. Loved the three running back look. How about Estiman Diggs? Some good play calling, stayed aggressive on defense, what you're supposed to do to an inferior team. And you know what, guys? Huh. As we said, this was one of the few games we've seen all year where it looked like the staff really embraced who this team is. Yes, and 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 steered into that, and it was in, in in all phases of the game, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. It really, really was. But man, Sean, remember when we got told when the dude before Lance Taylor was here coaching, mm-hmm. we got told, you know, top backs just don't want to come to Notre Dame. <laughs> it's just too hard <laughs> to recruit running backs in Notre Dame. I know Tony Alford did it. And I know Bernie, Bernie Parmley did it. But, you know, it's a different time. And Aunt Lance Taylor was like, forget all that noise, right? And when they lost Will Shipley, Tom Reese was like, forget all that noise. We're going to go get some dudes. And you remember when everybody was losing their minds rightfully when they lost Will Shipley because he's a very good football player, and that was definitely mm-hmm. a miss. And, and Notre Dame went out and got uh, Logan Diggs, and they got Aldrich Estime and and uh, it's been a fun ride seeing this backfield put together. But we said before the season, I think we kind of went out on a limb a little bit and said during the, during the, the summer events, you and I definitely had this conversation. I think Ryan and I did as well. Sean, I know that you agree with it, If we whether we talked about the show or not. We really felt like, I don't know if it'd be right away because we weren't sure when Logan Diggs was going to come back or not. But we said by the end of the year, don't be shocked. This is one of the five best backfields in America. And lo yep. and behold – you're going to have a hard time convincing me that I'm not correct on that or that we aren't correct on that, 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 that there are, you're not going to be able to convince me there are five running back rooms better than what this group has. And we haven't even seen a snap of Jadarian Price. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, which is scary within itself. That's but the three running back look today and the 21 personnel that was so successful against North Carolina. It's just it's, it's simple, right? It's playing to your strengths. That's, that's all you're doing. You're playing to your strengths, and we would love to see more of it next week. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> next super chat from Nick Lane. You're going to kind of get it because I'm going to read your super chat, Nick, but can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Yeah, and you're uh yeah, you know, I mean that was that was a fun performance, fellas. That really was. And thank you for the super was. chat, Nick. Yeah, were we supposed to say that like Stone Cold? I think that might have been you know what? Stone say it Cold like you though. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk like Stone Cold. I can't get that hillbilly. I, I don't have that much redneck in my body. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Ty, Tyler Evans won a super <laughs> chat. Uh Tyler Evans with uh, great advice to opposing teams, quit throwing to Benjamin Morrison. And I love Jalen Sneed. He is fast. We have two bright stars on the defense. There's no question. And, no, and there's no others. Doubt. I mean, Sean, you mentioned Nolan Ziegler. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to because we actually had to get – we left the, the last – I think I missed the last defensive series. So I didn't get a chance to see Tyson. I know Tyson Ford got in there. Josh Burnham got in there. I'm definitely looking forward to going back and watching those yeah. guys. But they're, they're, this is what we said this defensive class is going to be, folks. We talked about this on signing day last December. So this defensive class has a chance to really turn some things around because there's some dudes in this class. Yeah. And we kept trying to tell y'all about Benjamin Morrison and y'all people in this chat listened, but I still never understood why that kid was. I said it all along, Vince, you know, this, I said, Sean, you know, I said, I don't understand what I'm missing. I even asked a Notre Dame coach one time, no lie. I sat to a Notre Dame coach face and said, what am I missing? Like, do you see what I see? I asked a guy this in the spring before Benjamin even showed up. I said, why is he not a top 100 player? I got him as a top 100 player. And they're like, look, man, people are going to see. People are going to see. I mean, they they knew. They knew what they had. They weren't surprised. Now, is it happening sooner than a lot of us expected, even them? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But, man, this kid, this kid's fun to watch. This kid's really fun to watch. You Um, were right, sir. Thank you. Ooh, and Jalen right. Sneed is a, a dude athletically. There's no doubt. Where do Tyler, they, where do they play him though? That, don't care. Dude, the Jalen Sneed thing. I I don't know where I put him. I just want him in space and wrecking havoc. Well, I I would like to see him kind of get a. I'd like to see him get a shot at Rover next year. Because I mean, yeah. inside you're gonna have Mar- you're gonna have Maris back. You're gonna have JD back. You're gonna have Prince Colley back. You're gonna have J- Junior Tui Alamala back. And I like Jack Kaiser. He's a nice player. He is a good player. But 
you got to find a role for Jalen Steed as well. And and the thing about the way that Al Golden runs his defense, and honestly, we saw it last year from Marcus Freeman too. Even if he's not playing a ton in your base package because you have veterans, if that kid's not a part of your third down defense next year from day one, then you know I'm I'm confused by it. Right? I yeah. mean, just trigger him. Yeah. You know, so there's going to be a role for Jalen Snead to play a lot of snaps like next year, whether he's a starter or not, Sean. And I would probably start him off at, at Rover, just just me personally, just because looking at the depth chart, looking at what's coming back, it's yeah, probably where absolutely. I would go with it. Tyler Reese says, Brian, what specifically did you see in Morrison's film that made you think he had great potential? I mean, that's a great question, Tyler. It was really just the entire package. He was long. You saw a kid that had great feet. You saw a kid that had very clean hips. Like when he would transition, it was just really smooth and fluid. You saw a kid that was fast. Again, I think people kind of slept on his speed. He had great feel for the game. I mean, they would put him at safety sometimes. They would just make great reads on the ball. They'd put him at receiver, and he made plays there. You just watch ball a kid skill, sometimes, man. and you're like, you know, this kid's just this kid's just a football player. Then you kind of start to evaluate the specifics, right? So, like, the way I break down film, is I'll just watch the film, whether it's highlight clips, and then I'll just go kind of watch a game and just, like, let it play out. Just get a feel for the kid as a football player. And then you start to kind of break it down where you start looking more at the specifics of, you know, what's his technique? What's his, you know, how does he transition? How does he make reads and things like that? But it is so – it's not simple or easy or natural for guys to be able to see the ball the way that they do, even when the ball's – when they've got their back turned to the quarterback. But you saw all that in high school, and I just never understood what people didn't see. I mean, it, it really, Tyler, what did I see? I saw the complete package, length, fluid athleticism, speed. He was physical in high school, and he's going to get more physical. As or Actually, he's going to get better in that area as he gets deeper into the weight stronger. room at Notre Dame. Yeah. But, yeah. And you just saw a kid that was smart. I mean, yeah. and he's – like Julian Love was smart, and Julian Love was athletic, but Julian Love wasn't explosive. Mm-hmm. He wasn't fast. Benjamin is all those things that Julian Love had, but he's also about an inch and a half taller. He's got longer arms. He's smoother. Like Julian was explosive, but Julian was a little tight, which is why he's playing safe, partly why he's playing safety now in the NFL. And Julian was kind of slow for a corner, but he was super smart. He was really athletic, change of direction wise. Benjamin has both of those things, but Benjamin's way faster and he's longer. And he's a better tackler. Julian Love was never a great tackler in college. He's become, from what I'm understanding, I've been told he's become a pretty good tackler in the NFL. Wasn't a great tackler in college. This kid just—he's got all the tools, man. He's got—he's got everything you want. And that's what I saw. Time. I mean, I just—I saw no holes in this game except that as a junior, he was a little bit, you know, technically because he played safety, corner, receiver, he wasn't always, you know, real sound fundamentally. But I—that's why I had to ask people. I said, "What am I missing?" Right. Like, Sean, I think you and I had this conversation once last summer. Like, what am I missing? Like, what am I not seeing? Like, what are they all seeing? Because at some point in time, you're so alone on an island that you're thinking, I got to be missing something. I've seen game film practice highlights or uh, highlights. I got to be missing all the all star games missed on them. Every single recruiting service missed on them. You know, like I'm like, what am I what am I missing? You know, like, what am I seeing that maybe I'm overhyping him or something like that? You start to ask yourself that. But I stuck to my guns, and, and I stayed on that island, and that island's getting a little bit crowded now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had this batch of land. It was like me 
and Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman and Benjamin's parents. <laughs> it was just like us hanging out, right? And now it's like, you know, we're kind of we're running out of room on the we're running out of real estate of now people on that island because he has certainly proven people that this is a he is a big time football player. Yeah, you know what it is? We get so caught up in flash, especially with athleticism, flash plays, flash attributes, you know, vertical speed. And like you said, you know, he's not. Four three speed, but he has good speed. Maybe above good speed. He has instincts. Hit everything across the board is just really good, right? So there was nothing that just really jumped out to people to elevate him. And then you get a really good player, and he just comes in and he has belief. He has belief once again. Because mm-hmm. his bloodline, like he had, he playing the position. He knows it's just like uh, Tommy being able to come in and play early because of his dad. I mean, he grew he, up around the game, right? He grew up right. around the game. So now with Benjamin, he grew up around this position, like technique. He knows leverage, technique, what to look for, what to look for in the wide receiver, how they set their feet, what they're doing. He knows it. And now you coach him up a little bit more and you get him ready. You let him watch film and learn a little bit more. He talked about it. The interception against Clemson, he talked about, this is what I struggle with. I've been struggling with this all year. And coach has been coaching me up, coaching me up, and I finally did it right. I mean, it's it, Sean, it sounds like you missed something, but – you didn't miss anything. I don't. I mean, I know now I don't. But like at the yeah. time, I'm like, I got. I I've never been that on an island before. Like it, there would always be like at least one analyst that saw it, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like somebody else saw it. I've I've never been that on an island before. I don't think. And you know, but Sean, the other thing too is, is there's he's got he's got a trait that you can't teach, mm-hmm. and it's legitimately supreme confidence. And what I mean by that is what. It's not just, oh, I'm the man. You can't beat me. It's just more of like when he gets beat, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the example is, look at what he's done since he got beat a couple times early against Syracuse. It's like, a, pardon my language, but it pissed him off. You know what <laughs> I mean? And he's taking it out on Clemson, Navy, and now, you know, uh, Boston College. It's yeah. like you beat me for a touchdown. I'm gonna make you pay for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take out on these next three teams. He ended up doing the second half against. I mean, he ended up after the touchdown and the pi. He ended up shutting Syracuse down too. Like it started then, but it's almost like he got mad that he gave up a touchdown, and he's just been playing phenomenal ever since. He so, yeah. is the perfect. He's a defensive back, man. Right. He, he's just a he's just a football. He's an elite player. defensive back, and that's when their team hasn't had a ton of. Not an elite athlete. Right. He's an elite defensive right. back. And he's his quiet a- confidence is right. <laughs> this, he's real sneaky. I almost want to say he's petty. Because he talks trash, but then he, he goes and hands the ball to the ref. Right. Like, he's not gonna give you a face. He's not gonna talk trash to the wide receiver, but he'll let you know. He'll let you know I got one two, three picks today, and then he'll go calmly hand the ball to the ref. You know, he's just always within himself. But like you said, he has a confidence within himself that, yo, 
I know I'm a dude now. And every when every game he plays, it grows. And you see it with each game. Like he knows I'm that dude. Yeah. I, by the bowl game, it might be scary. <laughs> I'm a man. If you give him full practice <laughs> no, it will the be. bowl game, yeah. yeah. It will yep. be. All right, here's a here's a great comment. We're not doing uh, questions from that aren't super chats, but I had to pull this up from just your ordinary Joe. So first of all, in his avatar, if you don't see it, he's wearing an Irish breakdown shirt. Yes, this is, is your guy, just your ordinary Joe, Vince. Good docker. Yeah, I lift my glass to IB. I'm using Legion of Leprechaun from a, 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 a what's how, how do you say that, Sean? Is a Nora a Nora whiskey to mm-hmm. wash down my built bar. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Nice. Next super chat is from Michael Burke. Can we retroactively give Benjamin Morrison a fifth star? You know, I I I didn't give him a fifth star. I mean, you know, because I just don't hand a lot of those out. But I gave him a five star upside grade. And Benjamin Morrison is exactly the kind of kid that you look at and say, this is one of the reasons why you have the upside grade. Because he wasn't this in high school. But you knew he could become this eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. And he got a lot of room for improvement he's going to get stronger there's parts of his game that are still you know need to get better Sean you mentioned you know a couple of times he'll let a guy get by him you know there's he's not a perfect player right he's got to get better but you see you see the upside he doesn't need and a fifth star he's going to be getting zeros in like right. three years from the NFL right. so right. he'll be just fine so yeah so I uh that's my thoughts on that. We have and 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 Michael, thank you for your super chat very very much. We have a super chat from yeah. John the Falcon. Thank you very much, John. I don't know if I'll be able to listen live again before Thursday. Just want to wish the IB staff and IB Nation a happy Thanksgiving week. Bring on USC. That's thank you, awesome. John. And we will kind of go over our uh, our schedule for the week tomorrow. We will have we will have a show uh, every day this week, but our Thursday show will be recorded. Because I want to give the staff uh, th- Thanksgiving off, and I want Thanksgiving off to be completely honest with you. So we will, Ryan and I will record our keys to victory show uh, this week, and then play it in that one o'clock slot on Thursday. And uh, you know, we may, we probably, we'll probably do it live and just kind of play it uh, and, and kind of go about it, play it that it, way. Away. Yeah, probably. Hope the bots don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, we we may not. We'll just we'll have to see how it plays yeah. out. But we will have a show every day this week. It just they won't always be live, and we probably won't have as many uh, of the Ivy Nation sports talk shows. But our one o'clock show is going to go through the week. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to that. see about that because who knows what the internet's going to be like in the Bahamas. That's going to be right. The well, yeah, and I've already talked to to Sean about that. We're just <laughs> there's just going to be days we're just not going to even worry about those shows. Right. All right. Next super chat from Hugh Murtha. Go Irish. Love Irish breakdown. Thank you very Thanks much, you. Hugh. We appreciate you very, 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 very much. Cody Shreve, any word on the Minchie visit? Keep up the great work, y'all. He's not even done with his first full day on campus, right? Like just right. chill out, let it play out. If we had word, I promise you we would have given it. It would at least be on the message board by now. Yeah. The first part so went just, well. They won 44 to nothing. So yeah. that, that part yeah. went real well. Yeah. Uh, things are going good. things are going well. That's all I, all I can tell you. And that's just yeah. let it play out, buddy. Yeah, I agree. You got something to say, Sean? No, conversations with uh it was characterized by the other recruits as great. Yeah. 
their meeting with him and, and their time spent with him. So let it play out, everybody. Yeah. Let it play out. Ryan Weichel with a super chat. Go Oklahoma State. Yeah, they bet this was put in before the game started. They're going to need to get going here soon because they're they're down twenty one nothing to the Sooners so far. Uh, it's a rough one for the the Cowboys. Casa Hodge with a super chat. Thank you very much. The way Sneed was hitting guys and laying the wood was incredible. His speed and power is unbelievable. I'm just trying to figure out how you hold a beast like that on the sidelines almost all season. Can you all explain it? Yeah, because the kids in front of them are pretty darn good, good football too. players, number yeah. one. Yeah. And two, you know, Jalen coming in off the bench in backup minutes against a team that is can't really throw the football, you're going to play a little bit more with more reckless abandon. You know, there also is a level of execution, assignment execution that goes into this that he just wasn't ready for, number one. Number two, don't assume – like I, I want to be careful here because I, we've been in situations like with Tobias Merriweather and Logan Diggs last year where it's like we're begging for the kid to play, and then they don't, and then he finally gets a chance, and like lo and behold, he's ready to play, right? From everything I've heard and from people I trust, he wasn't ready to play. He just He wasn't ready to play, and that's why they didn't play him. And number two, the guys in front of him are really good that they needed to get those guys going. So, yes, he's an exceptional talent. But what you all are seeing now is what we thought this linebacking core should have been all year. And, I, and part of that's on Al Golden for you know, not kind of doing what he needed to do early to make sure these kids, you know, get going fast, then build on. It is what it is. Uh, part of it, too, is, you know, rust from Maris missing last year, rust from J.D. moving inside to Mike, some different things that kind of went about. But this is what this linebacking core was supposed to be. And, you know, I just Jalen just wasn't quite ready yet, but there he was on the kickoff team today. I mean, he's going to he's playing more and more and more. And I think we're going to like what he's going to become. No doubt. Zach Martin, did anybody else have anything they wanted to add to that? I mean, no, no, he's a thoroughbred, man. You Mm -hmm. know, he's going to be really, really good. And he's got four years of eligibility left. We're going to watch him for a long time. All right, Zach Mar with Super Chat. Drew is a streaky uh, MLB hitter. Makes a lot of completions in bunches, then just loses it first stretch. It's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I I don't know if I'd say he makes a lot of completion in bunches as much as, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some truth to that. I just, I guess I kind of look at it differently. But, yeah, it's it's a little frustrating, guys. I mean, is he a streaky 240 hitter or is he a streaky – 280 to 300 hitter. Yeah. That's two totally different things. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like it's, I would say he's a streaky 260 hitter, Sean. That's what I'll say say. this because I'm going to be fair to the young man and say, I'm not sure he has, it is what it is. We know when he misses a throw, like it's obvious when things are on him. I just think he's been put in bad situations in certain circumstances that have made him look worse than what he is. And that's not to say he's great or good. No, I think if things have been done differently and more consistently as far as putting him in a better right. position, he probably overall would look a lot better than he has. In you might using more 21 personnel and stuff like yeah. that. Is that kind of what you're thinking? I, I mean, I'm just – you know, just, you just, just gave for, as a for instance. Yeah, you just gave an example, but yeah, overall, you know, I've, I'm not of the mindset, and I've been critical of him, but I'm not of the mindset that he just absolutely like 
shouldn't be here. Like, why yeah. is he on scholarship? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he showed – he made – some of the throws he just made today were evidence of that. I mean, that that corner the right there was – yeah. uh, On the run, the Colsey coming across yeah. the middle. Yeah. I thought it was a heck of a throw with pressure in his face. So, you know, he's, Jim- he's short, and it's hard for him to see over the line. Like, there's things that we know that hurt him at the position. Right. But All right. Next question here is from Jim Halloran. A complete game win. Go Irish. Go IB. Thank you, Jim, very, very much. Rally Q has a super chat. Thank you, Rally Q. The intensity from this team today at every position plus backups Mm -hmm. is what I expected from a Marcus Freeman-led team from the start. It's been growing every game. Glad to see it cement in this team's identity. Feel free to comment at any time. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. I, agree. I mean, we talked about it, right? We talked about it uh, during the during the show is that the team didn't quit. They didn't stop playing even when the backups got in, right? You still saw that intensity. You still saw that fire. That's why everybody's so excited about these young guys because they got a taste of it today, and we all got a taste of seeing what the future could be with this defense, right? We didn't see many backups with the offense because, number one, there are no backup wide receivers. And number two, they didn't want to burn the eligibility of the backup quarterback. So you saw Jerome right. Payne get a couple of carries, but it was more about the defense getting their backups in and what that can look like in the future. It was exciting. Like it was really exciting because those guys are really, really good. But that should tell you also how good the guys that are in front of them are because those yeah. guys are really good too. So this defense is going to be deep, man. This def- especially the linebacker position is going to be super deep next year. It's going to be super exciting. There's going to be some battles. Man, there's going to be some battles in the spring and in the fall, and I'm pumped for it. Let's get to the next Super Chat. Thank you again, Relly Q, very much for that. Next one from Kevin Fetters. Kevin says he gave us an additional Super Chat for spelling Sean's name wrong earlier. I know Sean was super offended by that too, Kevin. I'm totally kidding. Uh, Appreciate you, Kevin, very, very much. Cameron Bostic with a super sticker. Thank you very much, Cameron Bostic. I think I might have said Karen. Didn't mean that. It was kind of read two things together. But Cameron Bostic, thank you very much for that. Uh, Ray Holcraft, also thank you very, very much for that as well. Vince, can you do me a favor and just check Cameron and Ray, Ray's super chat? I looked and around see if they Ray. Didn't have a, okay. I didn't see and one see if Cameron Ray. had a question yeah, underneath that super chat. I'd appreciate that. You. George Delaney with a super chat. Thank you, George. What was it a good day for recruiting, even with the blizzard? I love that. Everything we've heard is yes. I mean, look, here's the thing, too, is days like today can actually be a good thing for recruits because it was cold. It was bitterly cold. It was windy. It was snowy. But a kid like is going to come out of a day like today and say, you know, I can handle this. Right. Like it, it's not that often. This is the only game it's been like that. I can, I can handle this. They got an indoor facility. I think the indoor facilities changed the game a little bit for Notre Dame when it comes to the weather. Absolutely. Yeah. It is yeah. because they, and I mean, it's not the, it's yeah. not the, where they used to practice indoors. Like Lou Holtz had a place to go indoors, but it was like in an all purpose gym, you know, like what, what was that? What's that yeah. building called, Vint? Um, the Loftus? It's in the back of the Goog Loftus. And it's just like, but it's like you got a net up top. It's like the track team. Sometimes you couldn't practice there because there's a track event. Baseball. Yeah, there's schedule time because another sport has the event. You know, it's like now it's like you got an indoor football facility. 
and that's changed the game a little bit for stuff like that. Yeah, there were yeah. teams that had to practice at 5 a.m. because that was the only indoor facility that they had at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and obviously there's a lot of sports that want to use it. So there was 5 a.m. practices, and there was like 10 p.m. practices as well. Like, it was yeah. booked all the time. Yep. It was brutal. Yep, absolutely. And our show for Friday, will right as of right now, is planned. We had this ask, is planned to be at 1 o'clock uh, is, is the plan right now. All right, next super chat from David Carpenter. Uh, dollar amount in honor of the number twenty for three ints. I'm, I can dig Ooh. that because he could okay. he could have just done two dollars and three cents if he really wanted to get technical with it. So we appreciate you throwing in the extra zero, David. No uh, Snead is fast, and finally a full game. I can see the bright future. There's no doubt. I mean, and there's going to be bumps in the road, right? They're not going to win their next seventy five games, right? I mean, I hope they do, but. They're not. Why not? There's going to be bumps in the road. Yeah. But uh, I um, you're, you're seeing it. Like you're starting to see. Even last week, again, they would have lost last week's game a month and a half ago, two months ago. Right. 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 I mean, because they wouldn't have had the first they, half they had. Now, they did. And that doesn't make it okay or acceptable. But it, it's just that's why I wrote the article that a lot a lot of people disagree with me on this. But that's why I wrote the article after that game. And I felt it was the perfect time for it to say this team took a step forward today. It was a baby yeah. step, but the step forward is, yeah, it was all that's ugly, and I don't disagree with anything y'all are saying about what we saw, but a month ago they lost this game. Mm-hmm. Two months ago they lost this game. Yeah. They didn't lose that game. They got the job done. They found a way to win. That's part of the process of being a great team. Ohio State got taken down to the wire today by freaking Maryland. You know, but you found a way to win, right? They found a way to win. And that's what Notre Dame did. And they did it in spite of the officiating, not in with aid of the officiating like Michigan got today. John Bertucci with a super chat. Thank you, John. Great show. Looking forward to beating Southern Cal. I just love the pettiness of the Southern Cal comment there. If you've never seen this, I will put Southern Cal in the title of articles. And for those of you young bucks that don't know, USC does does not like being called Southern Cal. So... That's why Digger Phelps said, tomorrow we beat Southern Cal. He didn't call him USC. So uh, Derek Jancourt. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save Derek's super chat for the end, Sean, because I want to get you fired up. Tyler okay. Evans with a super chat. Top four team did not play well, but I was cheering for Illinois for you, Mr. Davis, and I strongly dislike Michigan. We appreciate you, Tyler. And getting me started, man. Yep. Craig Sebring says, can't wait to get Minchie and Carr and these stud receivers in the field. Everyone watch out. Plus the tight ends, plus the running backs, plus they have a great O-line class coming in as well. The future is very, very bright. So, Sean, here it is from Derek Jancourt. Sean and Derek, thank you for the super chat. Thank you, Craig, for the super chat and Tyler for the super chat and, and John Bertucci. Here's one from Derek Jancourt. Thank you, Derek. Sean. Illinois got robbed multiple times today. Go, Mr. Davis. Look, man. And remember, we're a family-friendly show. <laughs> and you got to preach tomorrow. Oh, no, my, heart, my heart goes out to coaches that have to walk in the locker room when kids have put it on the line the way Illinois did today. And basically, you know, like, yo, I'm sorry they took it from me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry they took it from me. And, you know, we tell, look, in some way, form, or fashion, you know, I've worked with youth, you know, the majority of my life, 
and I'm a no excuses person. And I tell people they have to persevere and, and deal with tough times and everything is not fair. The refs have to do their jobs, man. You you just can't literally have a kid just and, and Brett Bielema was so upset because the play happened right in front of him on fourth down. This is the ball game. This is the ball game. We did everything right, and you're just going to allow this and stand next to me and act like you don't see it? It, it is, man, I love the way he went after it in his post-game comments. I support that. He said every day they're going to send it to the Big Ten offices to stick up for this team and have his teams back. It's just ridiculous. But I will say this. They took their foot off the gas pedal because they had Michigan on the run. Chase Brown, they took their foot off the gas pedal and got too cautious in the fourth quarter, and they put themselves in that position. You know, so hopefully – Hopefully he learns a lesson, you know, because that seems to be universal. Every time you go prevent or take your foot off the gas pedal, you know, it's a tough man. It's a tough game. It's a tough game. But on to it's rivalry week in my house. So, yeah, it is. You're right. We have officially turned the page. You know, I sent, I, I crafted my text message like right before kickoff. And sent it and said, look, good luck tonight against the Bruins because it's about to get ugly next Saturday. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this pretty ball because it's about to get ugly. Oh. You know, yeah. and it, you know, she 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 sent back the uh the crying emoji. She knows she didn't, she didn't send that one back. No, no, good. I didn't get that one. Good. I did not get that one. I've gotten that before, but I didn't get that today. I think she's she's, she's a little nervous about this matchup tonight. She's not giving me energy yet. Mm-hmm. She's just trying fair. to get through this. She should be based on the uh, field goal try I just saw. She'd be very Did he miss it? About it. Oh Did my he miss goodness. it? Dude, I could kick a better field goal than that, okay? Like, well, we have a missed no. field goal. And then no, a, no a, I wasn't dismissing you, Vince. Right? I just was like, that's bad, huh? It was really bad. Yeah, like, they, went, they got stopped like on fourth and one, too. They got stopped on fourth yeah. and one and a missed yes. field goal thus far. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get yeah. stopped on fourth and one. They got smashed on they fourth and one. Like They didn't they, they sniff the line of scrimmage on that. Why play. are they trying to run the ball on fourth and one? It's USC. You can't run the ball. What are you doing? Anyway, right. whatever. Well, maybe they were trying to catch him by surprise. <laughs> that's yeah. one way to look at it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's no way they think they're going to do that. Somebody asked a question and I, and I want to address it. Somebody said, um, first of all, Sean, we got this from spark five, two, one, nine, happy birthday and anniversary to all your family members, Sean. I know this is a busy family weekend for you. Uh, but, um, somebody asked a question as Ray Holcroft and I'm going to bring it up because he gave a super chat earlier with no question. I'm going to bring up this I, and, and we'll address you see this. What I, I, I did, but I want to bring this okay. one in, 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 in instead. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the, the question is, why is officiating getting so poor? Is it the speed of the game, conference crews, officials getting too old? 
I have a couple theories and I want to run it by you guys. Number one, I do think there is some crookedness to officiating. I do. I do. Whether it's direct or, hey, I know what they want, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I think some officials are, uh, I think one of the issues is uh, some conferences don't pay for good officiating. They just, they just don't. And so with the travel involved and things like that, if you want to get good officials, then you got to pay. Right. Because it's not like I'm doing the local high schools where I just got to get in my car, and drive 20 minutes. These people got to fly to, you know, you know, Ann Arbor and then one week and then Ames or I mean, Iowa City the next. And then I got to fly back out to Happy Valley well, the next. And then I got a game in the high school. Yeah. They're driving over an hour sometimes for games because there's just not enough officials. And I think not to cut you off. I think that's part of it, too. There's not enough well, competition for these officials. The, the, for the reality is, Vince, is because they're not paying. Right. Like I get it at the high school level because you're not going to ever pay enough. But if you want to have good officiating, then take some of the billions of dollars you're making and tell the conferences, give more to officiating. Do we know how and much officials the, make? I, I have an idea. I'd rather not say it's not great. They can't. It's not like they're only and I'm OK if it's not their only job. Mm-hmm. They they work 12 Saturdays a year. They don't need to they, they, they need to have other jobs. Right. Like I'm fine with that. Right. But you got to pay. You got to make it worth their while. You got to make it to where like, yo, you can make that much on a game. Sure, I can do that. And I got to invest this. Because the thing is, too, is like it's not just what I'm paying to cover the cost of travel. But it's also about if you want me to be good, you need me to be willing to invest my time in the offseason to getting better. Right. That's got to come from the money you're giving me, not my own, you know, my normal job. So I think there's there's that. I don't think they're paying enough. I think another thing too, Vince, that factors into this is I think that you're seeing too many officials have become lazy with certain calls because of replay. And really? and and I think the travesty that is instant replay in college football today is even worse than the on-field officiating. Because I do think, to his point, the speed of the game is part of it. The other part too is the game has been spread out so much more than it used to be. Where when we were kids, I mean, the football was played like here back in the day. She had a lot more eyes going on right here. Now it's the game is so spread out. You got to do. But like some of the stuff is like, for example, the lateral that they did not call in the game today. By them missing that call, it cost Notre Dame a touchdown. And then not giving them the continuation aspect of the rule cost them a touchdown. Right. And so. How do you miss that easy of a call? Thank you. Right? I mean, if and if you're going to be lazy with it, then then lazily call it a lateral that allows the touchdown. Then yeah. you can review it and say it was incomplete, and you can spot the ball there. Yeah. It's just – it's bad mechanics. It's laziness because of officiating. It's not paying – look, it's like this. Vince, I want you to quit your job as a teacher – where you're fully benefited with a really nice salary to come work for me for 10 grand. Are you willing to do that? Negative. No. Right. If you want to get quality people, I could find someone to do the job for $10,000. It just won't be a very good job. Right. Because talented people are getting paid for what they're worth in other places. And so I think that's part of it as well. I just feel like they need to do a lot of things differently. And, And I think the conferences need to invest more in this. More mm-hmm. stuff in the off season where you're running clinics, pay for all the officials to come to it, right? Give them a stipend to come to this, do different things like that because there's just too many bad officials. And then the other thing too is, 
I, I think another part of this is we have babied officials way too much where they're protected from criticism. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to do that if you're going to pay them crap. Because otherwise, you're like, I'm not, you don't pay me enough to put up with this crap. Getting yelled at by, you know, by coaches that get called out publicly. But you know what? You pay people enough that, you know, you're going to get people that are good enough for their job to say, I don't really care what that guy said. I know I did the good job and, and I'm comfortable with it. So there's just a lot of factors into it, guys. Do you have any other thoughts on this besides that? Because I, I just, I feel like it's not just one thing. There's a lot of different things. And some well, leagues are better than others, but it's becoming to where there just isn't good officiating anywhere anymore. Yeah, ACC just cool. happens to be worse. The way the disparity, you know, for Brett Bielema, you know, he, look, a lot of people felt like they got holes against Purdue last week from a penalty standpoint that led to a couple of touchdowns that would have been field goals. So for him, this this was the Big Ten West Championship on the line. Yeah. This this wasn't just a regular, oh, they're just walking in as an underdog. No, this meant a lot to those young men that he leads. And for an official to, what are you looking at? Like, this is your responsibility right here. Like, you're standing here next to me. This is your area. This is your responsibility. I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at, and you you just you just refuse to call it. You know, so but the point you made about officials getting lazy because of replay is is spot on. It's spot on because they know it was something in a Michigan game. A quorum fumble, Illinois picked it up, could have run it back for a touchdown, but they blew the whistle. So the guy didn't return it. And then they went to replay and, oh, he fumbled, but we have to spot it here. It's look. Call the game. That's not a reason to rely on replay. That's a reason as a ref to be even more vigilant. Like to say, oh, this is what I saw. Like this, oh, that pass looked like it was behind a line of scrimmage. Let me hold my whistle. Right? Because replay will take care of If there needs to be blown down. That's hard to learn how to do that too, though. It is. It is. Yeah, that's a good point, Vince. Yeah. That's the problem with what today's call was because they made the wrong let it play out call. That's the thing that bothered me is call it a lateral and then let the replay correct it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, but, but again, you start, but here's the problem. You get them into those bad habits. Sean, right. Right. Sean. I mean, that's the thing is when you know, when they know they can get bailed out by replay, yeah. not yeah. necessarily. I agree. And they that. get into bad habits. Yeah. And, and that's why I don't, I don't like it. I think, you know, and again, Notre Dame has been hindered multiple times this year by officiating. I mean, one yeah. of Clemson's touchdown drives was just flat out because of the officials. I was listening Absolutely. to a Clemson podcast where the Clemson people were saying like, look, one of our touchdowns was because of the officials. Those weren't <laughs> pass interference calls. When your yes. own like fans are saying that, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much kind of the deal right Ooh, at that yeah. point in time. The Stanford game, the officials were all right. Awful. They, they were off yes. of the day. I mean, it was bad. Like how do you, it was bad. How do, you, how do you overturn that fumble? Like, uh, there's nothing there. Right. And if they would have called a fumble, I mean, if they would have called it no fumble, right. I would have said the same thing. I just don't know if there's enough to overturn it, even though I thought it was a fumble. But it was very clearly a fumble. So how do you how do you t- overturn it? it it's change. like, 
we've seen that so many times, like the, the Chase Claypool play against Clemson. The fact that you overturned that call was my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you would have ruled it out of bounds and then reviewed it, I'd have said, I think it was a fumble or I think it was a clean recovery, but look, I yeah. get it. It was close and you go with what's on the field, but to overturn it is the problem that I have. Yeah. yeah. And then you add in the I, fact that they just have no ability to, to officiate or review uh, targeting well, penalties and it makes it okay. worse. So we so we've got we've got multiple reasons why the officiating is bad. Right. The the replay system is terrible. Coaches need to have more control over when they can call for a replay because yeah. there are so many times where Notre Dame could have fixed the problem. Like for example, that spot that should have been a first down that they called fourth and one and then Josh Lug jumps and and uh, gets yes. a, a procedure penalty, right? They shouldn't have, they the, even, they even tried. Yes. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, yeah, entire yeah. body was over the first down line. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah. You should be able to challenge that right now and get that yeah. fixed right now. That's that's part mm-hmm. that's so the way replay is in college football is terrible. That's part of that. That's one of the problems, right? And I do think that there is a shortage of officials for a myriad of reasons. Pay is one of the things. And another thing I would also say is officials are sick and tired of getting treated like garbage by fans. And I know that's more maybe at the high school level than it is at the college level, but guess where these guys start? They start at the high school level and they work their way up. That's that's the thing there. Yeah. So like my dad growing up, my dad was an umpire. And, okay. and so he would do like, first or off, like when, when I was too young to remember, he was doing like, you know, like not really big games, but by the time I was old enough to remember and, and go with him on trips, which were some of my favorite father son moments was sure. going my dad. Cause my dad took it serious, right? Like he would like mm-hmm. shine his shoes and everything was pressed. And he'd show up with these guys that like that, these raggedy uniforms. I just rem- always remember right. that. Like, but, uh, you know, so he started doing like Legion games. He started doing like also, you know, then all of a sudden before we moved to Virginia, he was starting to get some like some college games. Right. Well, that's so. So to your point, Vince, is the reason that why Vince is bringing up high school football. Like, why are you bringing up high school football? Because, as you said, guys just don't go from never having officiated to, right. to doing Big Ten games. Right. Right. right? right. Like they start right. work their way up at some point in time and then they become yeah. recognized as this guy's pretty good. And but to your point, it's like. And, and am I okay? You're, you know, then put head, then put earplugs in or something like that, right? But the whole point is, you can yell at me whatever you want, as if I'm making enough money, right? Like, you know. But to your to your point is, we have made we have babied them so much, but you almost have to baby them because you don't pay them, yeah, right? And so you know, pay them better. And you know, people pointed out, you know, if these guys aren't making money, especially during tough economic times, which we're in one now as a, as a country, we're in a, as a world, really, we're in tough economic times, you know, people have mouths to feed and say, Hey, look, I can't afford to take these weekends off because I got to put in extra hours of work because I'm going to make more money putting in overtime at my job. than I'm going to make covering the Iowa, Iowa state game this weekend or the Illinois Michigan game this weekend. So there's a lot of different things that are playing. And see that it's so, it's so, it shows you that you don't care. About the right. product, right? How cheap are you? We see these TV deals. Forget, right? Forget profit of revolution with the players and all of that. Just how about just wanting to put the best product out there? Correct. For your TV partners, how about right. that? Right. How about saying, you know what? We're going to hire the best officials and keep them around and train them year round and pay yeah. them the correct way. So they don't have to go get another job or do other things. Part right. It's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. There's too much money out there not for this right. to be better. Right. It's too much money out there. Right. It's ridiculous. Well, and it's like that. I mean, it's Vince is a teacher, right? I mean, it's like when I was contemplating leaving college coaching to get into high school coaching, you know, the first thing I did, what's the difference in pay for Virginia Beach schools versus Chesapeake schools versus Norfolk schools versus Portsmouth schools? So first thing I looked at, and then you're like, wow, they're making 13, 14 grand more in Virginia Beach. I'm applying for jobs in Virginia Beach. Exactly. So then where do all the people, why? Yeah, they want to make a difference. Yeah, I want to make a difference, but I'd like to make a difference for 14 grand more than I can make, I'd a, like difference to make a difference for right? my family. Too. Right? Like, I mean, you know, I'm not Michelle Pfeiffer, right? I mean, I want right. to go somewhere I can make money right. take care of my family. You know what I mean? And make a difference there. So, I mean, those are things all factor into it. You want the best people. You got to be willing to, to, to pay. And I understand, you know, hey, you're limited budget wise. I mean, I've had to make tough decisions sometimes on how much I pay people because I just don't have the money all the time to, I'd love to pay, you know, you guys all the money that I'd love to pay to get you here full time. Don't have the money to do that. But that's not the, and that's Sean's point. That's not the excuse for the NCAA. No. The big because they do. Exactly. They got the money. should have the creme de la creme of officials. And we're not talking a lot. I mean, let's just say, uh, you know, let's just say they were going to give how many officials are there, guys? Eight, 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 a crew, eight in the crew. I mean, there's five for a high school crew. I know that much, but I know that there's more in college for college, right? I mean, so you're let's just say you were going to give an extra two thousand dollars per member of the crew. You're talking about sixteen thousand dollars. That's a decent amount of money. But think about how much money these schools are making off of that. Here's another thing that I wouldn't mind seeing. I two different things. I would like to see the schools start to be allowed to hire the crews that they want. There you go. Because like when my dad was an umpire, the schools hired officials. Oh yeah. What's that, Sean? Seven plus one. You got seven seven, plus one. Okay. And then the uh one on the right. It's fair. Yeah. So so my thing is like the schools were the ones responsible for hiring whatever crew. So like if a school was serious about wanting to get a good umpires, they would call my dad. They'd call other people. If a school wanted somebody cheap who wasn't any good or whatever, then they would call this other crew, right? And that's how you build your reputation up. But that's all how, also how you can create some competition, you know, or say, hey, look, we we want this crew, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I think that could maybe be part of it where, you know, all there's a flat rate, but, you know, maybe get into a bidding system where we'd like to have this crew or whatever. But the point is, if you want to make this thing work, you've got to make it to where it becomes a desirable profession that people get into. You also have to accept the fact that this is not an easy – because you've got coaches MF on you in your ear the whole freaking game. You've got fans screaming down things. And high school – did I ever – so the first time I ever watched a high school football game from the stands as an adult – like I went to when I was a kid, but we always sat with the other little kids, right? I was coaching at Muhlenberg, and I went to a high school football game in eastern Pennsylvania – and there was this gray-haired lady sitting in front of me. She was somebody's grandma MFing up a storm at the coach. All the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is – I couldn't imagine my grandmother. Like, it, it's just like – and I've heard, like, yeah, it's just a normal football, high school football game. I was like, <laughs> good Lord, man. People are insane. You know, There's but a reason like, I uh, volunteer to do whatever I can at all of my child's high school events. I can't stand – sitting in yeah. the stands with people yeah. who think they know everything. I can't stand it. I'd rather stand the entire time monitoring the student section, which is what my job is now for football <laughs> and basketball, than sit in yeah. the stands with the fans. 
I, I'm serious. Yeah. I'll volunteer to work yeah. the chains, keep stats, you know, do the PA, whatever gets me out of the stands, man. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So if you're going to make me go through that and deal with that, you better pay me. Yeah, right? I mean, absolutely. I, there's enough. I, I'd get into officiating if they, they made it worth my while. Well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know I, actually, I, mean? I actually seriously considered officiating right before I started working for you. I had, I had like mm-hmm. all the baseball stuff picked out. I was going to go be an umpire. I was going to join a crew for football. Like the whole, you can make decent money if you do a lot of games, obviously. Right. And it's a part-time job, obviously. But there's just not enough good officials out there. And and you are right. At the high school level, I, I've gone to my AD. I'm like, we are never having that guy back. I, yeah. We're never having that guy back. Cross him off the list, you know? So yeah. you can be selective. You should be able to do that in college. You, you can't You can't do that. You, you, you're right. You, right. You should. But I'm going to say this final thing on this topic, and we have a couple more Super Chats I want to get to. Jack Swarbrick has to step up and do something about this. Yeah, Because it is getting so – it's getting to the point where it's kind of like people say it's rigged. I'm not going to say that, but, like, I have I, – I, I can't push back on why you think that. It's so bad. <laughs> and there's a couple games we've said, hey, it's, it was bad both ways. But it just seems to be, especially when they play ACC teams, that it's – bad in one direction more than the other. I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, right? I mean, it just, it comes across that way. And and, and I'm someone, you got to keep in mind, guys, I'm someone who is not prone to just blaming everything on officials because I grew up in the home of someone who was an umpire right. who I, I have a certain, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing Absolutely. to do. I would talk to my dad about the challenge of, you know, certain things and like listen to my dad's stories. Like, you know, my dad was a really good umpire. But he's like, sometimes he's like, I, I didn't see it. You know what I mean, yeah. and then right. and then I got to go ask this bum down on the second second base who's like looking out in the outfield, like, "Hey, man, I didn't see it," you know, and and so I, I have I have sympathy for that, but it's just getting to the point where it's like, fellas, I I can't tell, I can't get, I, there's nothing I can say to convince you that it's not rigged because it's just that bad. Yeah, and and well, look know, at the Big so Ten games. I mean, look at the Big Ten games today, where Ohio State and Michigan both won because there's a lot of money on the line. But seriously, think. The Big Ten, does the Big Ten really want that? Because, you know, you get better people, you get more, it's usually you get people with a little bit more integrity and things like that, and then they can't be as easily persuaded. It's a lot easier to manipulate. Well, I'm just you know, mean from the people from aren't a, good. It's I not, get what you're you saying. Yeah, you can't yeah. can't convince me it's not rigged. After watching today, you can't convince me that the Big Ten official right. is not rigged. I'm sorry. Well, you for can't. for Brett, for, Sean, for Brett Bielema is not someone, in my opinion, who is prone to going there after yeah. games. Yeah. You know, this isn't the first poorly officiated game the dude's ever been a part of. For no, him to just come out and flat out say, here's why they did it. For him, you know, it's been consecutive weeks. Right. Like, you heard about it, the Michigan State game, and last week, the disparity in penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, and this week, it was just like, you know, they called a passing offense call on Ronnie Bell on the last drive that literally two drives before for Illinois. The same thing happened. The yeah. Michigan DB literally grabbed his arm, Brian Hightower's arm. The referee's no right problem. there. Nothing. And, you know, they were scared. They were scared because once Corum got hurt, the momentum changed. And they, I'm sure the Big Ten officials were like, oh, boy, yeah. we're not going to get this money, big money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just week. saw a commercial publicizing the 
the game next week, right? Two mm-hmm. undefeated yeah. teams. Yep. Like they had yep. that in the yep. can already, man. Like already. that was in the can. You know? Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, but 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 what I was saying, got Jack Swarbrick has to step up and say, you got to raise holy hell. Yeah. About this because your team's being screwed, and you know, and there's just bla- it's just blatant stuff. I mean, just very blatant stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you at this point in time. It's up the AD. He's the only person who could, I mean, Marcus Freeman right. can play all he wants. It's not going to change anything. Not really. Right. Not, not anytime right. soon. He's, it's going to take him a while to kind of get that, build up that cachet that like Dabo has. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like if it comes down to Notre Dame versus Clemson and, and I love the coach Freeman was going to battle and all that, but they're not, they're not going to bow to Marcus Freeman when Dabo or Nick Saban's on the other sideline. Cause Exactly. Just like they didn't do that for Dabo in 28, 2008, right? I mean, you had to earn that. It shouldn't be that way, right? Yeah. Like, you know, one of the things I hated growing up, and of course I loved it when I was watching Larry Bird play, but I hated it when I was watching Magic or Michael Jordan play was the superstar treatment. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, it, call the game. A foul is yeah. a foul. Like one of the worst things you ever hear is like in basketball. Well, you know, you put the whistles away in the last two minutes. Why? You just let them play. Why? A foul's got to be a foul for 40 minutes, right? You know what I mean? It's like, no, you don't put the whistles away. I, I will say this. LeBron plays in, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I will say this. I do think refs have to have context and set a tone. I think there are certain matchups where you say, guys, we, we're going to call this one tight to make sure it doesn't get out of hand. These are two physical teams. Or they can say, look, this is a championship game. We're going to let them play Right, but you do it for 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the problem with that yeah. is the context is, is when you allowed that when the Bulls were playing the Pistons, it's going to negatively affect one team more than the other because right. one team's right. not as skilled as the other team, mm-hmm. right? And that's why I say it's like, it's like you know, football, a hold is a hold, right? A pass interference is pass interference. Just say, well, I'm not going to give them that because that guy's really good or – I'm I'm not going to call that because that guy's really good. Whatever the case may be, it's like who was that? Somebody blitzed today from Notre Dame. I think it was a defensive back, and it was oh man, he, he defeated the ball. Yes, and he like yanks him back, and he looks Just, at the ref like right, and I'm like, you're looking right at the play. Just not going to throw the flag, huh? Yeah, those are the type of calls. Because I don't think we nitpick about – I'm sure they could technically call holding on just about every play in the trenches. Sure. So no one nitpicks over that. Right. It should only be called if it impacts the outcome of the play. Absolutely. Right. If it gives an advantage to someone or you just feel like it's egregious, you can make the call. There is no, I'll let that one slide. No. There is no, well, they're up 40. so. That really won't matter. No, make the call. Because that could have been a snag on his jersey and he right. twists his ankle or twists his knee. Like, don't right. make the call. Like, it's right. as simple as that. All right, we got some more super chats to get to here, guys. And I've enjoyed I enjoy that that uh that conversation. <laughs> Let's see here. Go Irish with a super chat. Thank you very much for that. Pine has benefited so much from our offensive line, especially when Patterson rejoined. Who of the offensive line do we lose? 
pardon me, to graduation, to graduation or NFL for 2023. Two guards. Well, the only two guys that we know for sure are leaving are Lug and Patterson because they're out of eligibility. Oh, now, right. technically, Zeke Carell could leave if he wanted to, go pro, transfer, something. I don't see it happening. I don't know why he would. So of the starters, now backup, that's a different conversation because there may be some backups that have some conversations to have or some decisions to make as they look at what's coming up behind them. Hey, do I want to go? Because it's not – I'm just going to use Andrew Christophic as an example, and I have no knowledge of him thinking about this or whatever. It's just his situation is unique. Now, Andrew's in position to earn a starting job next year, right? He started games before. He's played solid football. But you also say, okay, but Rocco is going to get a chance to battle and Billy Shrout is going to have to get a battle. So Andrew has to decide, do I, do I run the risk of going through a battle and maybe not getting it? Or do I go somewhere where I know I'm going to start now? Some people say, well, you know, you you gotta be competitive. That's that's true to a degree, but at the same time, this kid has one shot at playing college football. And and if he wants to play at the next level, sometimes you have to say like, yeah, I don't mind competing, but I also have to be smart about this. Yeah, right, you're buried. And say, you're buried, you know, and you're not winning the starting position, and you only right. have now so many years left. Again, okay. so people understand this. I have zero knowledge that Andrew Christophic is thinking any of this. I'm just using him as an example because he's a veteran player that's going to be going in his fifth year next year. That technically has two years of eligibility left because of COVID. Who is someone who's in a unique situation where he may seem like a front runner for a position, but there's some younger kids coming behind him. So I'm just so there may be some kids like that that have some tough decisions to make, but of the starters, I only anticipate losing the two guards, Blake Fisher and, and Joe Alt. The only way they could leave is if they transfer, and I don't see any I scenario in which they would transfer. I don't see it right, but uh, you know, so we'll see those. So you'll have the three starters coming back. I anticipate Andrew Andrew uh, coming back again. His cousins down there tweeting. I'm not saying he's going to leave. I have, I'm not saying that there's any indication that he is going to leave. There's any thought of him leaving or anything like that. I'm just using that as an example. So anyone that hears that, it's just an example of, for instance, right? Or it may be a situation where I'm a sophomore and I get beat out by a freshman. And it's like, well, what are the odds that the older player then eventually gets that job back? So there's all types of stuff right. like that. But I anticipate... You've got three starters coming back. You have Andrew Kristoff coming. I think he'll come back. That's just what that that is what I have heard is that he'll probably come back. And his cousins talk about that. But we he may think that now. But sometimes you get in the off season and you got to go home and talk to your family. You never know. But he's got start. He's got at least he started what he started the opener this year. Started what six games last year. He's got seven starts under his belt. You know, Rocco will be going into his third year next year. Billy Strouth will be going into year two. Ty Chance. So there's going to be a battle next year at guard, in my opinion. And it's going to be very interesting. But center and the tackles are both where they – I mean, you know who those are going to be. The question there is, okay, who do you who are you grooming next year to potentially step into the lineup in 2024 right. at yeah. those positions? Here's the crazy thing. Zeke Carell technically still has two more years left. Right. Because of COVID. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he he was a uh, he was a 2019 kid. He redshirted in 2019, and then COVID didn't count for him. So last year in 2021, technically, he was a redshirt freshman, even though he started games in 2020. So right now, he's a technically eligibility wise, he's a redshirt sophomore. Same thing with Andrew Kristoffic. That's why they have tough decisions to make because they still have two years left, you know, and that's gonna make it. It's gonna make it interesting. So. 
the COVID years messed this whole thing up. Like it's so hard yeah, to like yeah, look at eligibility so and be like, hold on a second. Yeah. So and that's partly the decision that Quinn Carroll had to make. You know, like he could come back and sit for another year behind these guys and maybe step into a starting job next year. But he's like, look, or I can go somewhere else and have three years to start. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least two as a fifth year guy and then maybe go pro as a six year guy or decide not to play. But but I could potentially have three years left. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that is. Let manager one thoughts on Phil Dracovic. I knew we we're going to get asked this. I'm surprised it took this long. Thoughts on Phil Dracovic's Instagram post plus Coach Marcus Freeman's perceived possible response in the press conference. Thanks, guys. I didn't see Coach Freeman's response. Was, I don't know what this. his response was. I, I don't know what it was. I'll say this, guys. I am very sympathetic to Phil Dracovic's feelings to Notre Dame because I know a lot about what happened to him. And if I vocalize publicly all the things that I know, and I'm not even talking about stuff I learned from that family or from Phil. I'm talking about stuff that other people told me about what happened to him and how he was treated. A lot of you would be like, yeah, that's really wrong. However, you said what you said this summer in the article. You're now three years from removed. I like Phil. He comes from a great family. But what he said today a lot of it was actually true as far as the Notre Dame living up to its standards and things like that. If you knew how he was treated, you would understand completely. I thought the last paragraph was petty and just use like weird cultural weird. appropriation. Like what are you talking about? Cause you're playing a but my, song. It was right. But my point is my man, you're 23. You've been away from Notre Dame for three years. It's time to move on. And you got you got that all that stuff off your chest in the article this summer where you called out Coach Kelly and Coach Reese, and I, I get all that. And I, and I was Vince, you Sean, and you guys both know I was okay with that because I felt he needed that he needed to get that off his chest. That's but now fine. you're coming back for seconds on that, and now you're getting petty with it. I, right. I thought it was a bad look for Phil. Like a lot of the people that supported him over the years and sort of had his back as Notre Dame fans because they knew how he was treated. Are gonna look at this and say, bro, I can't help you on this one. I, I yeah, I I love you, kid, but you, you shouldn't have gone there. You, there was no need for it. Like the first pair, if he just if he would have ended in the first paragraph, I don't no one has an issue. And so I read the first paragraph, I was like, what are people getting pissed about? And then I read the second one and I was like, Yeah, I get why some people are gonna be mad about that, but they don't know what happened to the kid. Then I read the third paragraph, I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, did he get hacked? You know what I mean? Like um, I you, <laughs> the appropriation thing, you knew who he was taking a shot at and you knew what he was talking about. You're like, talking about Coach Kelly? No, when he starts talking about cultural appropriation, I know exactly what, I know exactly what he's getting at. Okay. And you and I have discussed certain situations surrounding all of that. Like I said, uh, like, yes. okay. you know, yep. so yep. I knew what he was getting at and what he was trying to say, mm-hmm. but like you, and I told Irish fans, look, if that's the way he feels, he, you can't be mad at his, that's his experience. Mm-hmm. And just because you're a fan of the institution, you can't be mad that somebody else's experience with that institution might not be the most positive. Right. Because guess what? Everybody's not going to have the best experience. And Sean, his frustration is not about playing time. If y'all think it has anything to do with playing time, it's not playing time. Yeah. I want you to continue, Sean, but I just want people no. to understand. 
When you so, say not the best experience, we're not talking about he thought he should have been playing over Ian. Wasn't no, about that. No, I, I I fully understand his feelings. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, that was something. I'm very interested in finding out what prompted. Right. You've talked about this. What prompted it? Did someone say something locally? Right. Like got back to you? Did someone say something right. within the program that got back? Like what prompted this out of nowhere? Because it came across as very, I'll be honest, it came across as very passive aggressive. Right. Mm-hmm. When you say certain things, I know what he's getting at. You have knowledge of certain things and you know what he's getting at. But it's very offensive to other people right. that love the university. Right. And if you're not going to just say it, say it, right, right, then just, just leave it alone. Just right. Either say it yes. or just or be just the bigger man and move Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And, you know, you've already now I don't I'll never say anybody expressing themselves is unnecessary or beating a dead horse. If he had just come out and said, yo. Da 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 da, and then the second paragraph is like, "Man, I wish I was playing so I could kick their butts." I'm like, "Okay, cool, be a competitor by all means. I'm wrong with that. Rock out." But like you said, when you start digging into that area where either you're going to say what you need to say and lay it all out there, or just keep it to yourself, because now you're trying to poke and prod. And you know, it's like it's unnecessary, and I understand it didn't. It didn't really because I remember someone sent it to me before the early this morning, and I pretty much was like, "All right, those are his feelings." Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally, I, I was like, Coach Kelly isn't even here. Like, so really, his problem is with that person. Well, you there know, is still one person left that he had some problems that's, with. That's true. That's right. true. And that's the problem with individuals representing the whole. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what's unfair. A lot of uh, – because that's – there are a lot well, Sean, of people – We've had to deal with this in ministry. You know, ministry so, well, I, I, I don't, I, I, why don't you believe in God? Well, this one person who's a Christian did this thing and that the other thing. I said, well, but that person, what that person did doesn't reflect the teachings of of this faith. And so yeah. that's a that's an issue with that person. I'm sure right? Vince deals right. with it like, with staff. I mean, mm-hmm. ooh, some teachers are, there are some teachers that are not good people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There are some educators that are not good people, right? So should you be bunched? with them as an institution just because that's the way they act. But we know that's the way things go, unfortunately. And he needs to have some forgiveness in his heart because he still has relationships with people, good relationships with people that are connected to the same institution. So you can't, like, you have to be better at this point. Right. Like separate the wheat from the tear. Right, forgive from the bad, forgive, and, and he's already. And the thing is, Sean, or... let me ask you this: Had he not said what he said this summer, if this was his first time speaking on this, would you have thought about it differently? Because I might have a little bit. Like, I still think the cultural appropriation thing was just ridiculous. Like, 
you know, like you and I think we know what he means because we, we know yeah. a little bit more, but it's like most people don't. They're just going to think you're being silly right. and childish. Right. You know, and, and that's 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 the problem. It's like they don't understand what he's talking about there. Right. But my whole thing is the fact that he went back to the well is where I'm like, bro, I can't help you here, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you already got this out. I defended your your right to get it out this summer because that was your experience. You got it out. Your season hasn't gone the way you hoped. You know. And that's why I feel like something, what prompted. That's what I don't know. Remember, he held back from talking about certain things over the summer. Right. He was like, I'm not going to get into certain things, but these are my overall feelings. And now it's to a point where he wants to like explore the depths of those feelings, but he doesn't, he wants to do it in a way to where he's being vague. And I'm like, with something as sensitive as this, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that. Either you're going to say what it is and then let people decide how they feel about it. Or just leave it alone. And at this point, it's beyond the point of leaving it alone. Just just right. let it let it go. Players that played with him, you know, were on social media. Like, come on, man. Troy Pride right. Jr. It's like, come on, man. It's like people that have defended him in the past. Yes. Yes, that right. have knowledge of what he's talking about. Right. It's almost like, okay, this is becoming a soap opera now. Right. Stop. And that's where I'm at, Sean. I mean, you know, I have defended Phil over and over and over and over because he deserved to be defended for a number of reasons. Yeah. And I'm just like, I love you, man. But that was just, no, man. Like yeah. that. Because here's the thing. It makes it like uh, you and I know the things that happened to him, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you have always had the high road, Phil. You've always had the higher ground. You've always had the moral high ground in this conversation. Yes. You still do technically, because what he said today does not put him down. But perception-wise, it puts you down to, to the level people are going to perceive you to now be what they were to you. You know what I mean? And it yeah. just it was a bad look. It just wasn't needed. It, it wasn't needed. And here's the other thing. If he has a, a if he has a desire to play somewhere else next year or to play at the next level, yeah. people are going to look at a quarterback and say, <laughs> "I don't know if this is a if you know what I mean." Like, I got to question this. I'm going to have to ask some questions about this because I don't understand there. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, man, come on, man, get yeah, get get come on, yeah. get over yeah. that, man. All right, Vince, uh, Vince, let's see if we got some questions down here. Uh, Gavin Harvin, Super Chat, thank you. With the losses teams losing at the moment ahead of Notre Dame, is there a big moving week in the rankings after a dominant performance today? What say you? I mean, they were – Well, they were dominant over a number – like a team with, what, three wins? I mean, yeah, it was great. They did what they were supposed to do. But that's not going to scream to the voters, we got to get these guys up. Like that – well, depends on what happens. Some spots. Do you think at least? Do you think at least some spots? I mean, you oh, know absolutely. What I mean? Like, because you're going to have right. teams ahead of you that are going to lose, right? Either USC or UCLA are going to lose, right? That's going to change right. some things. NC State already USC lost. dropped below Notre Dame. Oh no, they're right? behind NC. them. Yeah, I don't, no, they're behind know. them. I'm sorry. There's going to be some fluctuation for sure. Notre Dame's going to go up without really studying it or looking at it or seeing what all of the results are. I would guess about 15. Right, I think in that neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, North, we'll North see, Carolina lost. I would you know, not be shocked a, to see Notre Dame ahead of North yeah. Carolina now. And they should be. 
I think they should be at this mm-hmm. point. At two losses with the schedule they've yeah. played, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I think they should be. Um, you know, the close lot, the close wins by some of the upper teams aren't going to move the needle for Notre Dame. That's not going to help right. them. You know what I yeah. mean? So teams are going to have to lose ahead of them. Ole Miss is getting killed. Right. Where, where I would somewhat disagree without context of who we're talking about here, I right. do think in theory a game like today gives you a little bit more of a, okay, we're starting to learn more about this team for two reasons. That's Number fair. one is that. But then Navy goes out and beats Central Florida mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, okay, all right. You know, maybe that game last week was because Navy's starting to play better. You know what I mean? So it, without the specific context of this game, right. Vince, I do think when you plot a team, even if it's a bad team and you look as good as you did today, you can say, okay, now that within mind of what they did to Clemson and what they did to North Carolina and what they did to sure. BYU, okay, game maybe control, we need to view this team up. differently. You know, right. Be That's without context of – in front of because the teams in front of them may have a similar thing, so that's not necessarily disagreeing with you, Vince. It's more yeah. of just a in without context, it could, it could looking at the teams ahead of them, though. Vince, I don't know if I can go there because then you could make the case that Florida State should leap Notre Dame because Florida State the last month is killing people. I mean, just killing people, and they beat right? the Raging now, I Cajuns this week, right? Know. But Okay, but they they beat them similarly to what Notre Dame beat yeah. uh, beat Boston College, and with all due respect, the Raging Cages are a better football team than Boston <laughs> College right now, right? That's fair. But then you look at what what they did last week. They beat Syracuse last week, thirty eight to three. They beat Miami forty five to three. They beat Georgia Tech forty one sixteen. So mm-hmm. I still think you need to look at the entirety of the season in context, right? Wow. So now the the advantage that I know, right. The advantage that Notre Dame has is that they have the, the head to head similar win uh, by blowing out Clemson who beat Florida state. So there there's that, but that's the interesting thing about it is if the committee does what they say that, well, here's the, you know what the difference about Arkansas, Brian and I talked about this on Friday. Yeah. When KJ Jefferson plays, they're a much better football team. Yeah. If KJ Jefferson plays last week, they'd have beat LSU. I have no doubt. By a lot, by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I don't see it happening, Vince. I don't see them leaping people that won because also the teams that right. won close games were ranked way ahead of Notre Dame. Way ahead. Way ahead. You know, so like you're not going to – and you're not going to have them leap the number 15 team who won because Ohio State and Michigan had close wins. You know, Georgia had an ugly win. Yeah. It would only be relative to the teams in front of them. And, you know, but if you're looking at it now, you know, of the teams ahead of them, you have number 14 is currently losing 35 to 6. Uh, UCLA obviously is winning right now. They're ahead of them. I'm just looking at some of the teams. Colorado plays today against Colorado, or Washington plays against Colorado. They're probably going to win. You know, if Oregon loses to Utah, I could see Notre Dame leaping Oregon. Sure. Right. And and I think you should be able to make a case that if Notre Dame, if if Utah loses to Oregon, you could make a case that Notre Dame should be ahead of them as well. I think they'll leap North Carolina. So that's mm-hmm. at least two, right? Ole Miss and North Carolina. 16. Right. Gets them at 16. And then after that, K-State won, Florida State won, other teams had buys. So unless UCLA loses, you you know, at least two spots what is what I would probably yeah. say. At 15, least 16. I get that. Yeah. I, that's where I think yeah. they should be. And I think, frankly, yeah. Maybe three, if depending on how the Oregon Utah. I think if the Oregon Utah game's a blowout, one way or the other, I think Notre Dame 
could lead that team as well. You know, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Syracuse yep. beating Wake Forest right now, if that holds, is going to help Notre Dame's overall strength of schedule as well because they've been reeling. It, it'll yeah. be reeling. I, the team I'm curious to see how they handle is Florida State because they're playing at a very high level right now. But what hurt, what's going to hurt Florida State moving ahead of Notre Dame over the next two weeks is if they both went out is that if they beat Florida next week, that doesn't look as good now. And right. by the way, my man Clark Lee, my buddy Justin Lustig, huge win today over Florida. I love yeah. that. And, guys, they outplayed them. It yeah. wasn't even fluky. Florida scored late to make it even close. Yeah. Like, they, they like, thoroughly outplayed Florida start to finish, guys. That uh, that was a bad loss for Billy Napier. Like, that's I know he's in year team. one and all that, yeah. Sean, but, man, that's a bad – Vanderbilt? Yeah. This season for, confirms, you know, what we knew and experienced at Notre Dame. Like, Mike Elko and Clark Lee are really good coaches. Yeah. They're really good coaches. And you see yeah. what Duke and Vanderbilt has been able to do. The fact that Vanderbilt is like, well, they have five wins right five now. Five and six. Yeah. Dude, that's, and they had a couple of games that they were really close in the second half and just kind of gave it up late. So, because they just what, don't have the talent yet. I mean, the- this is a school like Vanderbilt and schools like Vanderbilt and Duke, which are very similar because they're great academic schools. Benefit the most from the transfer transfer portal, right? Because that's their way to even things out. Because they're not gonna they're not going to recruit like the rest of the SEC does. They can't. They just can't. can't. Yeah. But the transfer portal evens things out, and you add in some really good coaching, like they have, and you know you can get some. They can rattle off. You know, two or three, seven, eight win seasons in a row on the Clark that's, League. That's massive. That's massive at a school massive. like Vanderbilt. Massive. Yeah, and, and they Duke, they had a nice recruiting class last year too, guys. Like yeah. even with the bad season, they they remember they flipped a kid that was committed to Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. They flipped AJ Swan, who I believe yep. was committed to was he committed to Florida State or or Maryland? I think was it was Maryland. To State? Right, and so he's a good football player. Yeah. They, they they did some nice things, and and he's a good dude. I'm glad he's and so is Mike Elko. I like both of those guys. You know what's yeah. funny is you know for all the Brian Kelly made some stupid hires in his career, but with <laughs> one exception, that's Van Gorder. He made good hires at defensive coordinator. I mean his yeah. his last three defensive coordinator hires are currently the head coach at Vanderbilt, who's rebounding them. The head coach at Duke, who's rebounding them, and I would argue seven and four Duke is very similar to five and six of Vanderbilt when you consider the quality of the competition that he has to face week after week compared yeah. to what Duke has to face. That's not taking anything from Coach Elko, who's doing a phenomenal job. And I would argue Elko inherited a worse roster than what Clark Lee inherited. And Clark Lee's in year two, or Mike Elko's in year one, but and then Marcus Freeman and the job he's doing at Notre Dame. So you got to give him credit for that. Uh, and Absolutely. by the way. You, 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 uh, UCLA just scored. They're now up 20 to 10. You see what they do when they score touchdowns, though, with the lights? That's what Notre Dame yeah. needs to do for right. night games. Absolutely. Get those lights on. Next super off. chat, guys, from Patrick Tolan. It's not just football that doesn't pay Big Ten pay officials. Big Ten volleyball, which is the best in the country by a landslide, doesn't pay their officials too. Here's my thing, though. The problem I'm going to have with that argument is those are not revenue generating money. sports. Yeah. They, right. Like, I. Their coaches I understand are paid by that. the football and basketball right of Right. There's no excuse for the NCAA not to invest in 
good officiating for basketball and football. Yeah, well, look, agreed. I, I I understand volleyball is important to people that play volleyball, and I'm not totally trying to dismiss it. them at all. But if you want to have that, then generate revenue, right? And you know, but I, you know, I think that's the that's the. I'm going to somewhat push back on that. And you say, I know the conferences are making a lot of money, but those conferences are going to invest the money in the sports that are all going to keep making well, the money. And that's, that's look, their businesses. Even, even at the high school, yeah. even at the high school level, football coaches and basketball coaches make more than the track coach and the volleyball sure. coach. And that's just the way it is, man. They literally make right. double. Mm-hmm. Right? They make money. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I don't have to like yeah. it, but it, it there is a dollars sure. and cents to it too. Sure. A. Clayton, 47. Thank you for the Super Chat very much. Good team win. Morrison is special and a pleasure yep. to watch. Don't get the chance to watch live and send a Super Chat that much, but I love the product you guys put out. Go Irish, beat SC. Thank you very, very much. Had a chance to run into three or four different uh, people that watch our show in the bookstore today. It was great meeting you guys. I bought a new mug, Vince. I bought a new, like, because I'm going to, you know, told you I'm cutting back on my Mountain Dew and start drinking more tea and stuff like that. So I got me a new Notre Dame mug. To have with that, um, well, I haven't been able to drink Mountain Dew and keep my, you know, my old figure like you've been able to figure that out, Vince. Okay, oh, so yeah, I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta try to cut that back a little bit. So it was great meeting you guys today. Thank you all very much for coming up and saying hi. And it, if you ever see us out and about, and you don't know if you should come up and say hi or not, please do. do we, look, you, it's y'all that like it's y'all that make this happen, right? Otherwise, we're just three dudes who are creepily like talking football in the soup in, in a in a stream all day that nobody cares about, right? It's y'all that make this happen. So if you ever see us and you want to come say hi, say hi. We 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 love y'all. I mean, we we are greatly appreciative of what of the fact that you all are with us. We have over 850 people at 9:30 on a Saturday night, two hours and 52 minutes into the show are still with us, right? So uh, really appreciate y'all, and, and we still get a little humbled by it, to be honest with you. And I hope I always do. I hope I'm I always like an emoji like yeah, that. That's great. But uh, it's an honor. It really it's our pleasure. It's our honor that you all care enough about it that you want to come say hi and that you want to listen to our show. So I appreciate you all so, so very much. And I know that's – you can see them both shaking their heads as I'm saying it because we're all on the same page here. We're all yeah. on the same page. And if you'll listen to our show and then run over and look, listen to Lucky Lefty or you'll be listening to Lucky Lefty and then run over and listen to us. So, you know, we're we're really appreciative of all of you so very much. William Chesney with a Super Chat says, say Notre Dame takes care of business against USC next week. Who do you guys want to see in a bowl game? And other than Georgia, who do we not match up well with? In your opinion, can we make a New Year's Six game at nine and three? I want to just take the first and the 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 uh, the third one real quick. Can you make a New Year's Six game at nine and three? Yes, they can. It, it's not going to be mm-hmm. easy, but yes, you they can. can. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask each of you. I'll go Vince to Sean. I'm going to ask both of you this. So first of all, Vince, can, say, say Notre Dame does what they need to do. Who do you want to see in a bowl game? First, so we'll just take that one first, and then Sean, you follow up if you don't mind. I would love to get the New Year's Six monkey off the back of Notre Dame. I would love that, right? The problem with this year is the only at-large bid that Notre Dame can get is the Cotton Bowl, which would be against the best um, non-Power 5 team. So we're talking either Tulane or Central Florida, and neither one has looked great recently. And if Notre Dame does that, is that really a monkey off your back? Cause you did win the game, but the competition that you beat, I don't know that I would even want that if I'm being perfectly honest with you. So then you have to look at the, the, the ACC versions, right? Well, the top bowls for, uh, 
for Notre Dame uh, with the ACC tie-ins, right, are the Citrus and the Camping World Bowl. Notre Dame can take the ACC slot if they're within one win of the qualifying ACC team, right? I guess that's possible. They, you know, they could play an SEC team uh, in a couple of these bowls. That would be fine. I would be okay with that. You know, I, you know, I don't want them to play. I don't know. I guess an SEC team would be great. The problem is it's going to be the fifth or sixth, third, third through fourth through sixth team in the SEC. That doesn't really do anything for me either. So I don't know. None of the teams. See, that's really that's why I want the. I think this is a good year for the New Year's Six fence because okay. you're not going to get a, a needle moving opponent in in a major bowl. Like let's say you get Kentucky, Mississippi State, or Florida, or a team like that, and the Ole Miss and the the Gator Bowl. Yeah. So what? All right, get right. that New Year's Six monkey off your back. And uh, Sean, you're you're what what are your who who would you who do you want to see in a bowl game? Oh, I, I'm with Vince. I would want to see an SEC team. This would be the perfect year to play out of Alabama for Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I would love to play Alabama this year. Out of all the years, please. Because <laughs> we can definitely play them in the trenches this year. Right? And the wide receivers don't scare you. In the running game, I mean, yeah, they have some really good backs. And Bryce Young is good, but, you know, Notre Dame can – they can compete defensively. That wouldn't be a problem. Uh, the problem would be would they be able to score enough points. Mm-hmm. That's it. It would be a really good game. Uh, I also would love to see them play somebody like Oregon. I, w- I would love to see an Oregon match up against Notre Dame if that could, you know, manifest itself. The Tony the Tiger be, Sun Bowl, baby. Yeah. Those would be like the two matchups off the top of my head. You know, unfortunately, you know, my uh, co-host seems to think that they deserve to be in the top four. If they be UFC, I don't. When know. you told me about that, Sean, I, I, I that's that's my guy. But that I found that that was. I don't that was, know was, what he's been drinking on. Well, we know he's an oral whiskey, baby. That's what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, he's been beating that drum like for a week now, like. We deserve to be in the top, and it's like, yo, relax. <laughs> but no, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to play any of the Big Twelve teams. Definitely don't. You know, it has to be an SEC team or Pac twelve team. And like you said, UCF losing the Navy today, and then Tulane losing recently. I'm not interested in playing against one of those teams. So I don't. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you guys on that one because there is a team. That is two wins away from being in the Cotton Bowl. But I want to play. It's Cincinnati. Because of the UCF loss, I'm trying to think of I believe, I believe that is because Cincinnati plays Tulane next week, correct? I believe. Let me just let me just look this up real quick. Yes. No, yes. Cincinnati hosts Tulane next week. Okay. If Cincinnati beats Tulane, they get UCF. The winner of that game plays UCF in the conference title game, I believe. Right? I would. Uh, how how great of a story would it be if Notre Dame plays Cincinnati, fresh off of a playoff berth, Marcus Freeman's old school, in the Cotton Bowl? You beat your former boss, who people thought should have got the job over you, 
and you get the new, you get the can't win big games monkey off your back mm-hmm. twice. You get the can't win New Year's Six games monkey off your back, right? First coach since who to win the New Year's Six Bowl? Davey couldn't do it. Ty couldn't do it. Charlie couldn't do it. BK couldn't do it. Freeman did, right? And you yeah. beat a team that's a playoff team last year that's headed to the Big 12 next year, right? That's the one that I would like to see. I would I, That would mean more to me, storyline-wise and all that other stuff, than playing – Mississippi State in the Gator Bowl or Kentucky in the Gator Bowl yeah. or anything like that. Like that, that would because that would that would be something that people would pay attention to. Sure. Because of the story, you know, and that would get eyes on. And if they're 11 and 2, they're going to be ranked in the top 20. If they beat Tulane and UCF, they're going to be in the top, they'll be around 15. And so now you got another win over ranked opponent. So I think that to me would be the ideal matchup for North. Now, if Tulane wins out, Nope. Right. Because to your guys' point, what does that do for you? You get the New right. Year's Six monkey off your back, but no one's going to respect it because you beat Tulane. Right. right. Exactly. That's why if Cincinnati wins out the next couple weeks is the one for me that would mean something for all those other reasons. And look, Cincinnati, the last two years would be, what would they be? 24 and three? The last two years, including beating BK's butt last year in Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting that payback a little bit on the big stage, especially with and, it being Coach Freeman to get that payback against his former boss, who, again, a lot of Notre Dame fans back in September when they lost to Marshall, this is why we should have hired Luke Fickle. Right? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. let's show why you shouldn't have hired Luke Fickle. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? But, like, I, that that means something for me. The, the chances of Notre Dame playing LSU in a bowl game are slim to none, just so everybody is aware. LSU has done too well. They're going to be too high. They're probably going to be in a New Year's Six game, and Notre Dame can't play LSU in a New Year's Six game. If That's LSU loses a, one of their next two games and then gets killed by Georgia, there's a chance they could play in the Gator Bowl. But they'd have to lose to UAB or Texas A&M. I don't, which is no. neither one is probably going to happen. I don't. Again, I'm just saying they could. I don't think it will. But I think they could. To your point, Vince, if they lose to Georgia, they're still ten and three, and they're right. going to play in a better bowl than what Notre Dame could face them in. The only hope is to face an SEC team, I believe, is the Gator Bowl, and there's like one other. But, uh, yeah, I want to see Cotton Bowl against Cincinnati. That's what I want. Uh, And then um, the last one is, other than Georgia, who do we not match up well with, in your opinion? Sean, I'll have you start on this one. Other than Georgia, who don't we match up against? I mean, you're never going to play Georgia in a bowl game, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean – I mean, honestly, that's the frustration of this season. Like, because the secondary has been has been has elevated, I'm not worried about facing like a Tennessee. Even though Tennessee has speed, I'm not worried about facing Tennessee because their running game is null and void. So, okay, we just pressure Hendon Hooker and shut down the run, and run the ball on them. I mean, Spencer Rattler is lighting them up. So, I, Right. I, no, I, Notre Dame can shut down Ohio State, but apparently, according to some in our chat, they couldn't. They would get killed by Tennessee. I, no, they wouldn't. No, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. If you can tackle, if you can tackle, you, you're fine against Tennessee. Right? And I would not – Georgia's defensive backfield is 
Their safeties probably might be a little bit rangier than Notre Dame's, but their cornerbacks aren't better than Notre Dame, one through four. I mean, Ringo, is he's gotten a lot better this year than cornerback, but, I mean. Yeah, they might have the better one, but to your point, Sean, it's. it's like one through four? Right. No. And I'm, I'm not scared of Tennessee. I'm just not. It's not I'm saying that Tennessee couldn't beat Notre Dame. They could, no. but it's, it's not like this game. Like, oh my God, that team's no, that team's horrible. No, there's no one that I would say from a style standpoint that really. I just really shake my head like I don't know if I want. Speaking wanna... speaking of bad officiating, did you guys just see this week sequence of events against USC and UCLA? First of all, they I just not missed hearing. a missed a. First of all, did you see they missed a blatant pass interference on USC? The guy <laughs> grabs the that. guy's right bicep and just yanks it, and then guy puts his head down and launches into the chest of the quarterback who was defenseless, and, and they review it and no, no targeting, like. Why? Because this is the only team the Pac-12 has left to be a playoff team. Right. That's what people are going to say, and I can't argue with them. That was a horrible call. Horrible call. Horrible call. I also think that that Notre Dame is not Georgia, right? But Notre Dame, Notre Dame presents, Sean, this is what you were getting at that I agree with. Notre Dame presents a lot of the same problems for Tennessee that Georgia does. A defensive yes. line that can eat them up and a yeah. really good cover secondary, yeah. especially if Brandon Joseph gets back healthy. Yeah. So uh, I watched Kirby just light handing Hooker up. Just man, he just came after him. He didn't wait. He didn't sit back and say, you know what? I'm just let you pass all night. No, I'm gonna hit. We're gonna hit you all night. Get rid of the ball, and if you can make the perfect pass two or three times, then you might get us. If not, we're gonna get you. Cause a couple of turnovers. And control the game. And Notre Dame has a similar defense. They can do the same thing. You know, they have three, they have a three-headed monster at running back. Notre Dame has a three-headed monster at running back. They have a really good tight end. Notre Dame. Well, they have two really good tight ends. Notre Dame has a really good tight end. So no. The only the only team that would have scared me if they had wide receivers, would have been Alabama. That's it. And that's only because of the quarterback. That's it. I think you're right. Like, I'm not saying, like, bring on Bama. Like, that usually doesn't work out for people. But, I mean, no, this is a game where they match up better than than, than them. There's no question. And and I think Notre Dame matches up better against Georgia than than some other teams do because it's clashing styles. It would be a lower scoring game. Well, if you saw the way Kentucky played Georgia today, right, it would be very similar. Right. It would be, and they had a chance in the fourth quarter. Very good defensive football team that likes yes. to run the football. Run the football. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. And no, Notre Dame Vince, it cannot play Michigan in a bowl game because Michigan will be in the Rose Bowl after they lose to Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan. No, Ohio State's either going to be in the, or excuse me, Michigan's going to be either in the playoff or the Rose Bowl to Vince's point. Right. Yeah. Won't be, because of the, the the snow job that happened today. Right. It's going to. Yeah. That's it. It's going to happen. That's Notre all Dame would destroy Michigan. After, I think oh, so. I think Michigan is so incredibly overrated. Michigan so incredibly overrated. 
Which is why I would love to play them, but it's just never going to happen based on the way yeah. things are going. You yeah. know what I mean? It's never going to happen. All and right. Next... would also destroy Penn State. Oh, God. that's a team I would State. love to see in a postseason game. I don't know how it could happen, and I don't think it can because Penn State's going to be the third best Big Ten team. But I would love to get Penn State in a bowl game. Yeah, just, I don't know what the ranking is for Big Ten. Ooh, can you imagine Ben well, Morrison, Morrison watching that film on Penn oh State's quarterback? Man. And that offensive line would have nightmares about getting ready for no yes. defensive line. Yes. Raymond Harden was super chat. Thank you, Raymond. Go Irish, beat SC. And in the last run from Kevin Fetters, Kevin says, thanks for staying up so late, guys. Go Irish. Go IB Nation. So I appreciate you very much, Kevin. We appreciate all y'all. So, hey, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank everybody for being with us tonight. We're going to go watch some football. We're going to hang out, relax, have have a have a little bit of fun tonight here. And just uh, I need to eat some food. I haven't really eaten a whole lot today. I can't still can't believe they didn't have chili in the press box today. Like the, they have chili in the press box when it's like ninety outside, but then the one night where it's like nineteen outside, um, you know, they got that chicken noodle soup. I'm like, man, I'm not sick. I don't need chicken noodle soup. I'm fine. Uh, did they really? <laughs> you know I, mean? I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was chili. I'd had the chicken. No, nah, it was chicken noodle soup. Yeah, it's chicken noodle soup. I'm a big fan of the chicken noodle. So anyway, um, thanks so much tonight for the super chats, everybody. Thank you all for sticking with us. We're gonna have a fun week this week, and I'm not sure how it's gonna work, but I but I have decided that we are going <laughs> to uh, for the for next Saturday night we are gonna do the live show. So we're gonna do the live show during the game. Um, we're going to have to talk about it as a staff about who's going to be in it and how it's going to go. And we're going to have to try to get things synced up. So we're not like, you know, Sean's a plane a half ahead because you know, my YouTube TV is really low or something like that. We'll figure it out, but we're going to have some fun with it. And then, um, you know, we'll have to decide, are we going to do that then end it and have a post game show? Or are we just going to have it all continuous one continuous thing? Probably going to be two, probably end it, yeah. take a half an hour to collect our thoughts. Cause we want that to be kind of fun and we're doing giving thoughts and analysis and the post game show is more formal and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, so, so we'll have some fun with it, but, um, we will do that, but we'll be back tomorrow night. Vince and I'll be back tomorrow night for the upon further review. We'll kind of dive into the more technical and specific things of how everything went. And, uh, you know, and then we'll, uh, we'll kind of get into, uh, the week and we'll get ready for USC. It's going to be Thanksgiving week, obviously. And we know that y'all are going to be busy, but we pray that you still stick with us because we're going to have a lot of talking this week about USC. So I may have to try to recruit that dude over there to try to come join a couple of the IB shows this week so we can get them fired up. Uh, but we will see how that goes. So thank y'all so much. Hit that like button, everybody hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, uh, sign up for the message boards at boards at irishbreakdown.com. Make sure that if you're listening via podcast, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. And as always, check out the website at www.irishbreakdown.com. Have a great night, everybody, and thank you for being with us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.